And now it's time to discuss more of the headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy hump day. Happy Wednesday to you. Thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. All right, let's jump into our keyword news portion of the day. We're going to try to clarify some of these major headlines for our local listeners. This is our first pick of the day. U.S. trip. So South Korean President Yoon Seok-yeol will make a state visit to the United States next month. Uh, what can we expect, Adam? Yeah, so he's got a bit of a dip, uh, busy diplomatic schedule lined up for uh, this month and next. Uh, so there's one to the U.S. and a possible one to Japan, in fact, which we'll get on to in a little bit. But he will be heading to the U.S. in late April for a summit with uh, Joe Biden. The visit will include a state dinner on April 26th. Uh, you will actually become Biden's second state guest. It will also be their third meeting uh, between uh, Yoon and Biden. They have met uh, in other places um, before. The White House said the two will highlight the importance of the alliance as well as the United States' unwavering commitment to South Korea. Spokesperson Karine Jean-Pierre will also discuss, uh, said they will also discuss a shared resolve to deepen and broaden uh, what she called their political, economic, security and people-to-people -people ties. Mm. Uh, the Korean presidential office also confirmed that the trip is taking place. Yoon's visit will celebrate 70 years of U.S.-South Korea relations, um, so it comes at that timely period. Now, the two presidents are expected to take part in various uh, schedules together. The top office spokesperson, Kim Un-hye, said they will also hold in-depth discussions on the direction of the future development of the alliance as well. And Yoon's national security advisor, Kim Sang-an, is actually currently in Washington to fine-tune the details mm. of the summit, along with other uh, pending issues with Washington. So consider this the basic blueprint. And, well, I guess taking into regard that there's mutual interest between U.S., South Korea, and Japan, it makes sense that this next keyword comes in. This is our second pick of the day. Korea-Japan ties. So Korea and Japan are expected to accelerate efforts to normalize relations after Seoul's controversial compensation plan for forced labor victims we discussed repeatedly yesterday and on Monday why it's subject to, well, backlash. However, the moving parts continue to move, I suppose, and President Yoon's interest in mending ties with Japan continues. Right, so this basically, the whole announcement of the plan was basically to kind of set in stone or set the first step in mm. basically trying to get these relations back on track. Uh, and President Yoon, therefore, as a first attempt in that process, could visit Japan this month for talks with Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida. The top officer said it is under strong consideration. It, it, now, if realised, it will be the first time in four years uh, detailed discussions are actually taking place over a Korean president's visit to Japan. So it's been a while. Uh, Japanese media uh, outlets have reported Yoon could visit Japan between next Thursday and Friday. So actually sooner uh, than expected and not that long after the announcement on the compensation plan was made as well. Now, Korea is also seeking to reopen various diplomatic channels between the neighbours in order to boost cooperation uh, that may follow the possible trip by Yoon to Tokyo. Uh, various diplomatic channels have been closed for years and any strategic discussions on basically practical policies were not able to be discussed up until now. And that Now, that looks to change mm -hmm. from here on out. Uh, there are efforts being made as we speak. For example, Korea has withdrawn its World Trade Organization complaint against 
Japan's export curves. Japan, on its part, is also ending additional controls on exports to Korea. Uh, what to say the compensation plan is expected to help clear the way for the two countries to put their diplomatic ties back on track. The United States has also um, been uh, kind of uh, adamant on reinforcing three-way security ties, not only to deter North Korea's provocations, but also to kind of rein in China's aggressions as well. Uh, for the UN government, however, it does kind of herald a fierce political pushback with the victims and their supporters left dissatisfied. We saw the controversy and the reactions coming out after that compensation plan mm. um, was announced. Uh, meanwhile, there's also some prospects of President Yoon being invited to attend the G7 summit, which is actually set to take place in Hiroshima in May, in what could be an occasion to set the stage for the resumption of what's known as shuttle diplomacy between the two countries' leaders. Um, on the security front, uh, the neighboring countries and the U.S. are likely to uh, broaden their security consultations and also strengthen trilateral military training and other activities in light of increased North Korean provocations. Um, but meanwhile, something to take note of and something that is also of concern is that the compensation plan itself was announced by Seoul and Seoul only. There is yet to be kind of an official response from Tokyo on what it will do in response to that. They could agree to the plan or ignore it completely. They could heed the kind of recommendations that came out from Foreign Minister Park Jin on this a voluntary uh, participation from the Japanese companies, but of course those companies are kind of uh, they're mm. kind of putting their uh, staying uh, put on their stance right. that uh, everything was done in 1965 according to that uh, treaty back then, mm. um, and efforts are seemingly at the moment being made more from the Korean side than the Japanese side. Mm -mm. Uh, so we'll have to see how these efforts on both sides balance out mm. going forward. All right, with that, we move on to our third keyword of the day. GNI drops. So Korea's gross national income per capita fell nearly 8% last year on the back of the local currency's depreciation against a U.S. dollar. What's the latest, Adam? Right, so this isn't really much uh, of a kind of a... News? An issue of people kind of receiving less, although right, uh, right. an economic struggle does result in that. But it's this is more mainly due to kind of the kind of volatile uh, foreign exchange and the mm. weakening $1 exchange rate. Now, the country's per capita was uh, just over $32,600 uh, $32, uh, last year. That's according to preliminary data from the Bank of Korea. Based on the local currency, the figure was 42.4 million won, which is actually up 4.3% from a year earlier. A BOK official said last year the $1 exchange rate increased as an annual average of 13%, causing nominal gross domestic product to decline over 8%, which results in the decrease in nominal GNI per capita in terms of the dollar. In terms of the one, however, nominal GDP actually grew just under 4%. Uh, to uh, 2,150.6 trillion won. Now, last year's decline has put Korea's GNI per capita below that of Taiwan's for the first time since 2002. Now, the BOK attributed Taiwan's performance to a relatively smaller depreciation of its currency against the dollar mm. compared to Korea. The BOK still noted that it is too early to affirm Taiwan 
is leading Korea as each country refers to different factors in calculating GNI. Now, the central bank added that it will wait for data to be released from the World Bank, as well as other international financial institutions for a more accurate comparison. Now, why are we talking about GNI? Well, it is the value of a country's final income in a year divided by its population. And the government has used the figure as kind of a barometer of mm. economic development. Now, the government's goal is to break $40,000 in the coming years. And the VOK actually says the possibility remains under certain preconditions. That target was actually set by the UN administration. Uh, these preconditions include at least 2% growth in annual GDP, 2% or less every year in terms of inflation, and a $1 exchange rate of 1145 one uh, per dollar. Um, and the Bank of Korea has vowed uh, to strive in a direction that could reduce volatility in foreign exchange rates if it grows too excessively. Um, but he did say that external factors, uh, are there are elements uh, such as the Fed's monetary policy and mm -hmm. China's reopening of its economy uh, that could play big roles in determining the $1 exchange rates. And he added that the BOK will continue to consider whether to raise the policy rate or keep the rate unchanged mm. until inflation falls to the 3% rate. Mm. So surely for our South Korean listeners' perspective, uh, just eyeing that volatile exchange rate and how well the U.S. Fed interest rate hikes affects us, that's why we keep an eye on our fourth keyword of the day. More rate hikes. So Fed Chair Jerome Powell has cautioned that interest rates are likely to head higher than central bank policymakers had initially expected. Run us through what was most recently said. Right. So there were kind of questions of uh, will they or won't they uh, right. stop or freeze or lower their uh, interest <laughs> rate hiking uh, trend. But it doesn't seem that is the case anymore uh, in terms of what Powell has told um, lawmakers in the US and he did open the door to a larger half point interest rate increase this month in fact and said officials are likely to lift rates higher than they previously expected as a combat inflation in a stronger economy and he cited data earlier this year showing that inflation has reversed the deceleration it showed in late 2022 he said if the totality of the data were to indicate that faster tightening is warranted the fed would be prepared to increase the pace of rates hikes. Those remarks carry two implications. One, that the peak or terminal level of the Fed funds rate is likely to be higher than the previous indication from the Fed officials. And two, that the switch last month to a smaller quarter percentage point increase could be short-lived if inflation data continues to run hot. And Powell said the current trend shows that the Fed's inflation-fighting job is not over, though he noted that some of the uh, kind of big January inflation data could be the product of unseasonably warm weather. Uh, he reiterated that the rate decisions will be made meeting by meeting and will be dependent on data and their impact on inflation mm. and economic activity rather than kind of a, a preset course. All right. With that, we move on to our final keyword of the day. ICBM test likely. So South Korea's intelligence agency says North Korea could hold large-scale military drills and test its new intercontinental ballistic missile either this month or next. Uh, we foresaw that the escalation and the tensions on this peninsula would go further, but this is another signal for that. Right, so the uh, uh, NIS was talking about a newly developed solid mm. fuel ICBM that's been making a lot of the headlines and... Uh, 
um, and it was uh, talked about a lot in previous uh, provocations conducted by North Korea. Right. Uh, it noted that the possibility of Pyongyang test launching an ICBM to fly at a normal trajectory could not be ruled out, considering technological demands and recent warnings issued by uh, the North Korean leader's sister. Yesterday, Kim Yo-jong warned the North is ready to take overwhelming actions against military activities by the uh, by Washington and Seoul. Uh, the NIS uh, assessment comes as the chief of the International Atomic Energy Agency said there were troubling signs of activity detected at North Korea's Pungeri nuclear testing site. And the NIS also touched upon reports of food shortages and the recent public appearances of the daughter of the country's mm -hmm. leader. Uh, citing a report that North Korea is facing an annual rice shortfall of 800,000 tons, the NIS said that the food shortages in the North were not so severe that they could be considered a threat to the regime. Uh, the spy agency also blamed the North's food shortage on distribution problems and the effects of COVID-19. So mm. as, in terms of the uh, military provocations, um, they have been increasing along with the joint military drills between South Korea and the U.S. So mm. as long as there's more South Korea, those military drills happening, North Korea is, of course, more likely to respond in kind with missile testing and possibly nuclear testing, something else that is being uh, cited as a possibility. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. Have a good day and we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.